Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Jewelry making to me is like playtime. My studio is the one place where I'm like, don't talk to me, don't call me. My phone's on D&D for the next seven hours. I have to like focus and really like hone in all the artistry that's calling to me right now and get it out of my body before I forget it. Hey, right now, listeners. Welcome to another episode of our Adorned series. Today, we're getting blinged out with Bay Area jewelry designer, Chelsea Macalino Kalalai. Her jewelry line, Wifey's, features gold-plated chain necklaces and bracelets with bright whimsical beads and charms. These adornments are cheeky, bold, and hella cute, and also deeply inspired by her Filipino heritage. I think the part of what makes you like a good jewelry designer though is having a strong design aesthetic. So anyone can do what I do, but I feel like not everyone can design from the same place as I do. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. As a proud, queer, Filipina-American who grew up in San Francisco's Soma neighborhood, Chelsea is making waves in the accessories world with her custom jewelry. In this episode, Chelsea talks to me about the historical significance of gold in her community, how her jewelry can act as armor, and why sometimes you just gotta have pearls. I'm your host, Marisol Medina Cadena. Stay with us. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Well, we're going to be talking about jewelry. So why don't we start with how you're adorning yourself today? You've got these fly rings, necklaces, and jewelry. Let's talk about it. Thank you. So 
Today, I'm wearing a lot of heirloom jewelry on my hands. All of the jewelry on my hands is actually given to me by my grandparents or my parents. I'm wearing my mom's wedding band when my parents were still married. It's flashy, it's cute. My bangles are heirlooms from my grandpa. My necklace is from my auntie Leah. And then I got these earrings from a local market here. I just put a charm on it from a local maker too. And what about the waist beads you're wearing? Oh, my waist chain I made actually. These I made out of freshwater pearls and um, some Biwa pearls that are from the Philippines. I also put a bunch of vintage beads on it. Some of them are like glass beads. Um, some of them are just local charms that I've bought from the mission. It's like you still got to have the bling be the main thing. Yeah. Um, I think also because I grew up a little bit more on like the tomboyish side. I mean, I, I never compromised like the femme side of me, but I definitely find that the most comfortable versions of myself is the girl in the baggy clothes and I and cargos and like sneakers. But I still want to feel cute. I still want like my jewelry to speak for me. And I feel like when I design, I really try to pull from that version of myself, that space in my inner child wonder and stuff. I feel like for me, stepping out the house is like a lot. You're kind of stepping into a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And so like putting on earrings is kind of like my armor, like I'm kind of bracing myself or totally. this form of protection. Does it feel similar to you when you put on jewelry? Oh, yeah. I always find that the jewelry aspect actually takes me about 10 minutes to like put on because I'm sorting through different layers. But I am mostly a gold girl and gold makes me feel powerful. Also, the Philippines, like we're really good craftsmen when it comes to gold. I know that I absorb a lot of energy, so the jewelry makes me feel protected safe and grounded and I try to wear like jewelry that reminds me of my grandma so that always makes me feel like there's an extra layer of protection with me mm. yeah so it makes me feel prepared for the day like for me I put the earrings on after I pick out what I wear because it's like complimenting but because you're a jewelry maker is jewelry the first thing and then you put your clothes on around that it depends, but sometimes when I'm super excited about something I make, I will base my entire outfit on the jewelry I just made. Um, it's also a way for me to beta test a design too. I'll make like a pair of statement earrings. Based on that color palette, I'll pull clothes from that. And then if it's like a nice sunny day in Oakland, I'll take the bus downtown and just walk around, say hi to a bunch of people. Um, occasionally I will skate with them to see how durable they really are. I love this image of you skating as a beta test, like you're making jewelry for the active girlies, mm -hmm. the, the sweaty girlies, yes. the active girlies, because I'm that person. I, I don't drive, so I tend to like BMW everywhere, Bart Muni walk my whole <laughs> That's like the running joke for Frisco kids. Like, yeah, I got a Beamer, a BMW. I Bart Muni walked here. But yeah, I make it for the active girlies, the active people, the people who want to not compromise comfort for fashion. Like, I love seeing people like that. It just makes me feel good. And it's also just, I'm like collecting pieces for inspiration. So when I see other femmes or other folks that, that look like that and that embody that kind of energy, 
gets me all boosted and ready to like design some more. Mm. That's the part that I feel like heals a part of me when I'm not feeling like myself. Just being out in community and like doing my best to show up as the best version of myself in that moment and in that space. Good community will always take you as you are though. Although Chelsea was born here in San Francisco, she spent a good portion of her youth with her grandmother back in the Philippines. And coincidentally, in a town also called San Francisco, located just outside of Metro Manila. It was there that she absorbed the culture that is reflected in her jewelry work today. I noticed on your website where you sell a lot of your jewelry, you have different collections, and one is called the Palenque Collection. Mm -hmm. And in Tagalog, that means marketplace. Yeah, wet market. So my recent collection is all about, like, wet markets, um, my love letter to wet markets. The one thing that we did regularly with my grandmother was go to the wet market, which we call Palenque. But other than buying like your fresh food, your vegetables, um, all that stuff for the day at the wet market, you can also buy clothes, buy anything there, buy anything. And I even made some earrings that remind me of like the cleaning materials you'd find in the Philippines. So we have we call walisting thing and walistabo. One is made out of like a bunch of sticks that you tie together. It's more of like an outdoor broom. And then the other one is like an indoor broom that's made with like coconut husk, I think, and like palm, dry palm branches that are tied together. What material did you use to replicate that? So for the actual pile of sticks, I just took um, pin needles and I would arrange different colored beads and then I tied them together so that they would look like a little broomstick. And I'd hung them as a drop earring. And then for the Walistabo, I took um, a bunch of different beads that were semi-precious stones, everything from like aventurine to like amethyst. I linked them together and on the bottom I added a pom-pom for the little brush part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were really fun. They're very statement, they're long, they're big and they're colorful. I did a few different like designs. I did some that were like charm necklaces. And that one is mostly based on the color palette of what I see when you walk into the wet market, especially the areas where you'd buy agar-agar, which is super common in the Philippines. We make a lot of our drinks with agar-agar. We make like this sweet drink called sagot gulaman. I actually made a necklace called sagot gulaman that was based on that drink. Um, It's like cola colored and has tapioca, agar-agar, and brown sugar. It's really just a sugar drink with gelatin in it. So was the necklace like brown, shades of brown? Yeah, like tiger's eye with a Mm. bunch of pearls to signify the tapioca that's made out of agar. And a a few little charms in there, thrown in there just for some flair. And it was really cute, super fun. Being able to make charm necklaces and being able to make them one of one is part of what keeps me being able to make more designs too. It's also interesting to think about like this jewelry as a means of sharing that history of the Philippines. Like I had no idea gold was so um, present and important. Mm -hmm. And so just like that information, learning through this piece of jewelry, like who would have thought? A lot of um, colonizers, pillagers would come to the Philippines to actually take gold, Mm. to occupy and to essentially ravage a place because we were a society that really was abundant with gold. So everyone from 
the Datus, the kings and the queens would wear gold. Um, countrymen would wear gold. Soldiers wore gold. Even slaves and serfs wore gold. It just was a normal thing to have. And it was a way to adorn yourself. I like to design like almost like in a um, like nerdy way. Like I love to think about design concepts based around like history, mythology, historical events. Um, and also just from like my own family and my own personal experience. I find that my peoples, my diasporic peoples, a lot of us struggle with connecting to our roots. Making jewelry has been a way for me to like really reconnect with that and also find a way to connect my community together. Being that I am Filipino, um, I also understand that like not a lot of us see eye to eye, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. us like have very different opinions, have very different upbringings. Um, and that also spills towards like my own design too. my parents come from like two neighboring tribes that don't like each other, but my parents loved each other at one point. I even made a piece all about that, like all about how my mom comes from Pampanga. My dad is a Manilueño, but is ethnically Ilocano and historically they don't like each other. It's almost like forbidden love. I did it like half and half. One was like representing my dad and one was representing my mom. And in the middle, there was a rose and how they come together. It was really cute. So being able to geek out and design from like that personal experience has been really cool too. You actually started jewelry making as a young person, beading specifically, um, because that was their way of disciplining you. Yeah. Talk to me about that. So arts and crafts has always been a part of our home, but you know, when my mom would get sick of me and my sister fighting, she would just sit down and make us craft together. Be like, here you go, here's yellows and whites. You're gonna make like 17 daisy chains. And before you can get up, I need to see 17 or else you can't go and watch TV. When I was young and like looking for different outlets to explore um, crafting and jewelry making and stuff like that, I recall a lot on the daisy chains, but really I just, I like to pull from all the tools that my parents were able to like provide for me when I was young, just allowing me to explore and play when they were together and, you know, when I had time with them. This activity that really started as something to kind of teach you to calm down and patience now is your business. Yeah. And the name of your business is Wifey. Yes. Talk Wifey to me about is. the name and, and why that is the, the how to brand your creations. So I've been going under the moniker Hyphy Wifey since I think I was like freshly 22 years old. I was going through a lot during that age and I just wanted to like rebrand. Like I, I knew that I wanted to make art for the rest of my life. I don't want to continue working retail, but I also felt such ownership to the Bay Area. Um, I felt such ownership to like San Francisco and the culture that like raised me. So when I started my business, I really wanted a way to tie it back to the moniker that really made me made me and my online presence who I am, but also pay tribute to my friends and my community that really shaped that that version of me. So the W in wifey stands for the word wifey's, but it also stands for like community, friendship because my friends are the backbone of my business. I am like a one woman business, but if it weren't for my friends that showed up to my pop-ups that pulled me out of bed for those days that like check in on me to ask me about like what I'm doing today. 
I wouldn't have the brand that I have. So yeah, we're hyphy. It's all about the Bay Area. It's all about like community and diaspora, but it's a big thank you to my family and my friends. That's why like the name Wifeys is still intact. And it just sounds cute. <laughs> It's like, it's cute, but it's like spelled like wifey, like you're my girl, but also I know you're hyphy. And talk to me about what the aesthetic of your line is. My jewelry really embodies that spirit of community and fun and loudness. And I want it to not only compliment me, but for it to be the thing that introduces me mm. to people. You know, I want it to be a conversation. Um, so when I design, I design thinking for the person who like wants to be that. And they don't have to be like that all the time, but when you put it on, like it makes you feel that way. That to me is like, I know I've done my job. I'm doing it right. So my design aesthetic, I would say is playful. It's fun. It's unique and one of a kind, which is why I only like to design one of one pieces too. And honestly, it makes you feel at home. It makes you feel like this body is mine. This autonomy is mine. And the way I want to be perceived is all under my control. It sounds like you get a lot of pleasure and joy, satisfaction out of like seeing folks adorn themselves with with your with your yeah. custom jewelry. Yeah, it's like my life is one big art show, you know, like I get to walk down the street and see all these people who I think are so cool, who I admire and who I respect. And they're wearing my stuff. It's like, I don't know, I get a little like get a little like butterfly in my stomach every time I see it. Um, yeah, it's a simple pleasure, honestly. It makes me feel like I'm doing my job. I'm doing what my ancestors want me to do. Do you have any advice for how I can think about jewelry as a way to like tap into that self-love or call in energy that just will help me feel kind of more confident? I honestly, I struggle with those feelings too. And on the days when I don't feel like myself, I do find myself reverting to the ancestral jewelry that I have and the heirlooms that I have. However, on the days where I just feel like I need a little bit more, I just look for the lightest piece so that I can move around and dance a little bit, you know, get all that funky energy out, but also the most obnoxiously like loud piece I have too. And I put it on. I think that my design aesthetic and how I design I pull a lot from like just everyday life too. So being out and like sharing space with people who I know will like cleanse my energy, but also like with whatever I have to give, it'll be like, it'll be reciprocated. That feels really good. And I feel like that always grounds me back to where I need to be. Um, and the loud jewelry, like the funky jewelry just like helps with the fake in it till you make it part. I know that making custom pieces is, is really big for your brand. And I'm wondering if maybe we could do that together, yeah. knowing that like I'm trying to stand out and feel embodied. Yeah, I love that. Can we make something that matches your outfit? Okay, yeah. I love that. Okay, let's make some earrings. Okay. Okay. Chelsea takes out her tools and two plastic containers full of organized beads and charms that she has collected over the years. Together, we look for beads to complement my funky crop sweater, which is fuchsia with cherry and gold-colored swirls. How do you feel about these? These are vintage glass beads from Italy, I believe 1970. 
I bought them at the Alameda flea market. That's so They've fun. got flowers on them too. It's like a cute little floral motif. Ooh. And then I've got these really cool um, peach agate stone beads. We can do like a drop down effect, you know? Yeah, I love that they're like- It's like a pumpkin. Um, like a pumpkin, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. They look like pumpkins to me, I love them. But like soft pink pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm definitely liking that. I also have pearls. Pearls are like the signature wifey's thing too. Um, I have these really cool brown pearls that I feel like would complement this very well. Oh, I love brown. Browns. It's like bronzy brown, you know? Yeah. Very pretty. I have two of them. Okay, I think we've got all the pieces and now we can connect them. Chelsea wraps each bead with wire and then connects all the pieces together into one dangly earring. Each bead really shimmers. Here's the first earring. Oh my God. I love it. It's yeah. like five like beads. Chakras, you know? A charm of a strawberry at the end. And like the shades go from like red to pink to bronze to moon white to like this glass clear bead. Fun. It's, it's cute. It's unique to you too and unique to your current outfit, which is what makes this even more fun. How do I look? One ear. It's cute. Yeah. Oh, it like goes with your sweater really well. I feel very hyphy wifey with these on. I'm like, glad. I feel the... You feel like you? Yeah. yeah. That's good. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. Honestly, I consider the jewelry I wear as protection pieces, something that makes me feel grounded and supported. Like Chelsea, my jewelry is also a way to honor my own cultural heritage. So it's dope and really affirming to see the ways we women of color rep our lineage through jewelry. I'm so stoked to now have these Wifey's Originals in my regular earring rotation. Huge thanks to Chelsea Macalino Kalalai for making me such beautiful bespoke earrings. Watching you work in person was incredibly fun and fascinating. If you'd like your own custom bling, you can visit Chelsea's brand on Instagram at Wifey's, spelled W-Y-P-H-Y-S, or go to wifey's.com. You can also catch her vending at the Sucka Flea Market in the Mission, or purchase her bling at Mira Flores in Oakland's Temescal neighborhood. Thanks again, Chelsea. Time to give credit to the whole squad that makes this podcast happen. Jorge Olivares produced this episode. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Our engineer is Christopher Beal. The Right Nowish team also includes Penarvis Harshaw, Sheree Bishop, and Rice Stottenborough. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Sprunger, Cesar Saldana, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Marisol Medina Cadena. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, share the episode with a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to help us. Be easy, y'all. Right Nowish is a KQED production.
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.